No, uh, I just a couple of things I want to share with you real quick. If you would go with me over to the book of Exodus, and uh, honestly, I don't anticipate it being very long at all, but I think there's something here that uh, would encourage you. Uh, I don't exactly know where you're at spiritually. I don't know if you've attended church for years and years and years. I don't know if you've received Christ just last week. I don't know if you're here and you've not made a decision for Christ as of yet. We're all at different places in our spiritual walk, but there's one thing that I know. I know that God is trying to get through to each one of us, and he wants us to go one step farther to continue on in this journey that is our walk with him. So if you have uh, Exodus chapter 3, if you would stand out of reverence for God's word, and I'll just read a couple of verses here when God is calling Moses to liberate the, uh, the Israelites from the Egyptians. If I get too loud, just, just turn me down because I don't want to be too loud for the folks. If I get too loud, blame it on them back there, amen? But uh, I'm going to go ahead and look here at Exodus chapter 5, uh, Exodus, I'm sorry, chapter 3, and I'm going to begin reading. If you'll just follow along, it says in verse number 10, it says, Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Verse number 12, And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? Verse number 14 And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus saith thou, uh, I'm sorry, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Father, for the fact that uh, we serve the great I am. Lord God, I just pray that you'd help us to understand just a little bit of what that term means. Lord God, I just pray that you would bless now and that you would use your word in our hearts, that you'd be honored and glorified, and we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. As uh, we've got an opportunity to travel around uh, the United States, uh, I've been able to share with my son different things. We've got an opportunity. We were on the West Coast, and we got opportunity to see the statue of oh, the East Coast. Yeah, thank you. East Coast, I got opportunity. To, we got opportunity to show him the Statue of Liberty. Anybody seen the Statue of Liberty before? All right. And uh, different things that I've been teaching him about the American culture. And uh, one thing that's really exciting is to is to see when I teach him something, how he takes it in, and then he turns around. And he is able to use that later on in a conversation, or he's able to know more. And one of the greatest privileges of being a parent is seeing your child grow, seeing your child 
experience new things, seeing your child make new steps. And I start out with the physical, speaking about my son, but I believe that God desires for his children to do the exact same thing. He doesn't want us to stay where we once were spiritually. He desires for us to take new steps and to advance and to learn to serve him. Here in this portion of scripture, Moses is being called to liberate the, uh, the Israelites there from Egypt. Thank you so much. To, to liberate the people there from Egypt. And uh, uh, he, he starts out by saying, who am I? He says, how in the world am I going to do this? Let me take a sip and I'll put this down. Amen. He says, who am I to do this? And he says, and then when I go to talk to the people and I say, God has called me to liberate you, they're going to say, well, what's his name? And then I love that get to the verse, uh, the verse number 14, it says, And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. He said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. I want to look at that phrase right there, I am. No doubt you've probably heard messages about that. But really there's a whole lot, even though it's just two small words, there's a whole lot contained in those two small words, and they're things that can actually help you and I. God desires for you to do more in your spiritual life for Him, the same way that He desired for Moses to be used to do something. God is not a respecter of persons. What does that mean? It means that God also has a task for you and I. He has something He wants you to do. Sometimes what happens, a lot of times we sit back and we look at the pastor or we look at people that are serving in the church and we think, well, God wants to use them. And God wants to be able to use their lives for His honor and glory and He has a task for them. But if you've been saved by the grace of God, if you've come to the point of recognizing Christ as your Savior and you've asked Him for salvation, can I tell you what? God desires to use you. God desires to do something with your life. Now, the devil will tell you that it's time to just sit back or it's time to pull back and let other people take a part in the work of God because he doesn't want you and I serving. But God desires to see us grow. I mentioned one of the privileges of being a parent is seeing your child grow and to advance, and God desires the same thing. These two words, I want you to see just a few things real quickly. These two words have a lot of meaning behind them. The first thing is, God does not feel the need to defend himself. Amen? They say, who, who sent me? Amen? Uh, who, what am I going to tell them when I say, who sent me? He says, I am that I am. Amen? That's the God we serve. We serve a God that is. Amen. You may not understand the fullness of that, but I love the fact that our God doesn't feel the, uh, the need to defend himself. Well, I'm, I'm the one that created the universe. I'm the one that created the seas. I'm the one that separated the dark from the light. No, no, no. He says, I am that I am. You know, down in Mexico, there's a phrase that a lot of people say. They say, by the grace of God. They say that a lot, the equivalent. By the grace of God. And so when you're knocking on doors and you're trying to talk to people, uh, they're so used to saying that, by the grace of God. Even people who don't believe in the grace of God, even people who don't, uh, aren't saved by the grace of God, they'll use that phrase. And 
And uh, uh, what's real common down there is if you do find someone who says they're an atheist, they say, I'm an atheist by the grace of God. <laughs> That's what they say. And I always laugh at them and I say, hey, even the atheist in his heart knows that there's an almighty creator. And you say, well, I don't necessarily believe that. Can I tell you what? You will believe. At the end of days, everyone will be a believer, but it will have depended on when you learned that truth. It's much wiser in this life to surrender yourself to the great I am. Amen? Because the Bible declares that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. If you would go with me over to uh, Romans. Go with me over to Romans chapter 14. Look at Romans chapter 14. Give you a second to get there. Romans chapter 14, verse number. Well, yeah, we'll look at verse number 11. It says here, Romans chapter 14, verse number 11 says, For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God, so that every one of us shall give an account of himself. To God. God doesn't feel the need to defend himself. He says, I am that I am. And you and I, if we're wise, we'll come under the authority of God and say, I recognize you as the great king. I recognize you as the great Lord of lords. I recognize you as the one who has the right to guide me and to direct me. The sad thing is, is there's a lot of pride Nowadays, in the hearts of many people, and they say, well, this is my life, and I want to live it according to what I want to. And God gives you that liberty. You have free will. Each one of us has free will. At any moment you want, you can get up and walk out of this church building. You have free will. God has been gracious to give each one free will. But can I tell you what? We will be judged according to the decisions we make in this life. So much wiser to say, I desire on this side of eternity to bow my knee before the King of Kings, to acknowledge him for who he is. That's the God that we serve. What a blessing it is. Most of you, I would imagine, the vast majority have made a decision for Christ. What a blessing it is to know that the the God that you and I serve is the same God that Moses served. Amen? It's the same God that Abraham served. It's the same God that Paul preached. Amen? It's the same God that was there at the foundation of this world. He's your God. And what a blessing it is to be called His children. Amen? Just for one second. Think about it. Child of God. A child of God. Is there greater title that you could imagine having than a child of God? Amen. What a privilege it is to know that God is our Heavenly Father. So the first thing that shows us in that verse is it shows us that He doesn't even have to defend Himself. God is the great I Am, and the blessing is to know that He wants to know us. The second thing is that God does not need me. I need him. Amen? Hey, it's a blessing that you're in the house of God this morning. 
And you ought to be in the house of God because this is a place that we come and we can get closer to God. This is a place that we can come and we can hear God's word preached. This is a place that we come and, and get away from the things of the world for just a little bit so that we can get around the things of God. And it's a blessing to be here. But can I tell you what? The blessing is ours. Amen. What does that mean? Do you, you realize that the, the, church, uh, the church is forever and ever? Amen. God has established the church and it's a place of blessing for the child of God. But we need to be faithful to his house. If you would, go with me over to Matthew. Matthew chapter 16. I want you to see what it, what it says here. Matthew chapter 16. I'll give you a second to get there as well. Peter has just declared that Jesus is the Christ. Amen. That he is the son of the living God. Verse number 16. 16, 16 of Matthew. Verse number 16 says, And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Verse number 17, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. So he's talking about the truth, that he is the Son of God. Verse number 18, it says, And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. Most of you know this, Peter means a little rock, a little pebble. He says, but, he says, and upon this rock, what rock? The truth that Jesus is the Son of the living God. Upon this rock I will build my church. And look at how the verse 18 ends. It says, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You may say, hey, I can just worship God out in nature. And without a doubt, you can go out and you can spend time out in nature and you can pray to, to your Heavenly Father. Without a doubt, there's no problem in that. But when it's Sunday, it's the Lord's Day, and God says that we ought to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, that we ought to be faithful to the house of God. Can I tell you what? This is the place that God has called us to congregate. I like the fact, brother, that you guys don't only shake hands at the beginning of service, but I notice it's not out of obligation. I notice that a lot of people shake hands and they keep shaking hands and then they go over there and they see someone else and they say, hey, I want to talk to you and they go over there and they're smiling and they're talking a little bit about what happened last week. Some churches we've been in, they shake hands, one, two, three, back to your seat and sing the song and on to the message, right? I, I like the fact that uh, you shake hands here and that's that fellowship between brother and sister in Christ. Amen. Can I tell you why? Because the house of God is important to the child of God. It's vital. If you had decided to stay home this morning and watch television, do you think you would be closer to the Lord by the end of the day or just a little bit farther away? Well, the answer is obvious. The answer is obvious. We need the house of God. We need to be faithful every time the house, uh, the, the doors are open to the house of God. And this is what he's talking about here. Honestly, folks, he doesn't need us. We need him. Amen? I, I need more of God in my life, not less. It's not that God's down there uh, or up in heaven and he's just begging, I just want someone to serve me. Would you, would you just consider serving me? No, no, no. God doesn't need us. But by his grace and his mercy, he wants to use us. Amen. We're privileged to be used 
of God. And, and, and the, the moment that you realize what a privilege it is to represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you know what? It won't be a drudgery to come to the house of God. Amen. It won't be a drudgery to pull out a, a gospel track and hand it to somebody, give them an invitation uh, to the house of God. Amen. It's our privilege to represent God. It's our privilege to be a part of the work of God. You know what? I'll just say one other thing. And no, I didn't, we didn't talk at all about any specifics. So don't get mad at your pastor if, if I hit something uh, that uh, maybe hits you. Amen? We didn't talk, did we? Amen. All right. You know what? You ought to look for a place to serve in your local church. Amen? You ought to look for a place. Well, I just come and, and sit down, and, and when it's over, I, I head out. Well, that's, that's all right at the beginning. Amen? We want you to come in and get under the, the preaching of God's word. But you get to a point where you want to start doing things. Amen? In your spiritual life, in your physical life, you're like that. Kids, are, a lot of times at the beginning, they're just there and they're just kind of looking. But you get to the point where you want to do more. Amen? How much more should we desire to do more in the work of the Lord? Amen? Oh, I could never imagine Brother Brian handing someone one of those gospel tracts. I think people ought to do it. I think it's nice, and it's, it's beautiful. I get a little bit embarrassed when somebody does it around me, but I, I just could never imagine myself doing it. Hey, can I tell you what? Moses, at the beginning, he couldn't see himself making another step for God, but then he met the great I am. Amen? I have no idea where you're at spiritually. I have no idea what your next step might be. It might be faithfulness to the house of God in the midweek service. Amen? It might be that you're saved by the grace of God, but you've never been baptized. Amen? It might be that you've never handed out a gospel tract. It might be that God has laid upon your heart to witness to somebody that's in your family, to tell them about Christ, tell them about their need, but you're not willing to take that. Can I tell you what? You need to know the great I am. Because it's God that does the work, and it's our privilege to serve him. It's our privilege to be a part of his work. Amen? Now look at the third thing. This word I am, what does it mean exactly? Number three, it means that he is everything you need. I am. Amen. What do you need? You need comfort? I am your comfort. Amen. What, what is it you need in life? I need encouragement? God says to you, I am your encouragement. I don't know how many of you go through the week sometimes and it's just hard to keep pressing forward. Amen? Nobody has to confess. You don't need to raise your hand. Maybe you're doing great right now and there's no problems, but I can imagine that just about every one of us have gone through tough weeks, gone through heartaches, gone through difficulties. We've gone through times when we didn't know what was going on. Can I tell you what? He is exactly all that you need. But you and I have to get a hold of them. If you would, we're still in Matthew. If you would, turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. And, and I love this portion of Scripture because God's talking about prayer and how we ought to bring things to God in prayer. You No doubt you're familiar with uh, chapter 7, verse 7. Ask, and ye shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. So he's talking about 
our prayers and that fellowship that we have. But where I want to focus at is verse number 11. It says, If ye then, being evil, know how, uh, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask him? Amen. Your heavenly Father, my heavenly Father, desires to give us good things. What a blessing. You know what? How many of your parents in here? Just raise your hand if you're a parent. Okay? Okay. A parent desires to give to their child. If there's no food, I'll tell you what. If there's no food in the house and there's only one plate, a parent, a mom, a father will give that food to the child and will go hungry. That's the heart of a, of a parent. Can I tell you what? Our Heavenly Father is the same. He desires to give you exactly what you need. Not always what you want, but what you need. Amen? And, and, and so this, this part of, of God saying, I am, he's just saying, you fill in the blank. What do you need? Not necessarily what you want. Amen. Let me repeat it again. What do you need? Lord, I need encouragement this week. I'm going through pretty bad. I am your encouragement. Amen? Well, in a dark world, we're living in a dark world nowadays. He says, I am. Going through sorrow? I'm your comfort. Going through hard times? I'm here for you. You're surrounded by the enemies? I am your high tower. Amen? You're lost in sin? I am your salvation. Do you know that God wants us all to get to the point that he becomes our all in all. I love my wife, and my wife helps me tremendously. She puts up with a whole lot for me. You know what, though? At the end of the day, in this Christian life that I'm living, God wants to be my all and all. Amen. You know what we do many times? We're looking for solutions, and we're going to fix the problem ourselves. True or false? Amen? He at least not. Amen. Somebody say Amen. That's how we are. We're problem solvers, right? We're trying to figure out things. Can I tell you what? There's times when we need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know what to do. I have no solutions. I have no remedies. But I know that you are all that I need. Help me. And God, I think he delights in that. I'll talk about my son one more time in a good way. Amen. I, I love, as he was growing up, I love when he would say, Dad, I need your help. I need your help. I remember uh, uh, it hasn't always been like that. I remember when he was learning to tie his shoes. And I, I took him through and I showed him how to tie his shoes. There's two methods. Uh, there's the around the tree and through the hole and uh, all that. I do the, the cheating one when you make the two loops. And so anyways, I tell him that. We won't have a discussion on that doctrinal importance and which way you do it. Amen. Uh, but I remember teaching him how, I, how, how to tie his shoes. And he would get down there, and he would just start tying his shoes, and then he would make a knot, and then he'd pull it tighter, and he'd get frustrated, and he would try to, then it would go, and I'm standing there as his father. I said, son, you, you want me to help you? No, I, I got it, Dad, I got it. And then he makes a bigger mess. I said, son, you need to, no, no, I got it, Dad, I got it, just watch, watch this. Yeah? 
And then after a little bit later, he looks up at me in frustration and looks down at his shoe and it's all in a knot. It's all messed up. And finally he says, Dad, could you help me? Amen. You, you know where I'm going, right? Yeah. He figured it out before I got to the end. How many of us are the exact same way with God? I got it. No, 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 I got it under control. I'm, I'm fine. You know what the wisest thing is? Say, Lord, I think you can help me. Amen. That phrase, I am, means he's just everything that you need. He wants to be our all in all. One last thing, and we'll wrap up here. That word, I am, has the idea that when the victory comes in your life, he will receive all the honor and glory. Amen? When God does something and he begins to move and he helps you with your family or he helps you with that situation that you wouldn't want to name in a public place and he helps you and you honor him and you try to, try to live according to his word, can I tell you what? At the end of the day, he'll receive all the honor and all the glory for what he does because he is the great I am. None of us will get up to heaven someday and say, I was a pretty good guy. Look what I earned. No, 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 no. We'll get to heaven by his grace, by his mercy, saying, boy, was I a sinner, but boy, was God's grace good. By his grace, I'm saved. By his goodness, I have salvation. Look at one last place. Go with me to the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7. I want you to see here, talking about in the last days. I just wanted to just take a little peek into heaven, see how God's being worshipped. Revelation chapter 7, verse number 9, it says, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation, is, uh, salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. Verse number 11, And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the, and about the elders and the four beasts and fell, before the throne on their faces and worship God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. That's our God. That's our God. That's the one who saved you by his grace. And you and I, many times we get to a point in our Christian life where we say here and no further. We say, I'm okay. Here and no further. Can I tell you what? God desires for you the same way he desired for Moses to do more and more and more. God desires for you to continue to walk in your Christian faith. 
I have absolutely no idea what it is that might be your next step. But just as you have a next step, I have a next step in my Christian life. I'm sure your pastor has a next step in his Christian life. Because why? Just as we desire to see our children grow, God desires to see us grow. Don't become content. Don't become satisfied with where you're at. Say, Lord, I want to make that next step. Because why? Because we serve the great I am. Amen. Let's all stand, if you would, please. Bow your head. Close your eyes. Nobody looking, please. Maybe just a pianist can come. No one looking around. If you would just bow your head and close your eyes, who would say, the Lord spoke to me. He showed me something. He laid something upon my heart. In some way, he spoke to me, and he showed me something. You just want to be honest about that. Would you just slip your hand up? Amen. Amen. 